uh, I was at work the other day just thinking about dumb shit, and I came to the conclusion that virtually every magic card can be the name of a band. <laughs> like, let me let me go ahead and just randomly pull from just the top of just random cards I've got here. Okay, ready? Rubble Hole. <laughs> That's a band for sure. Yeah. Black metal band. I think I've probably, heard that band. Scar, Scar, Guildmage. We should take horn. those and put them. That should be a band name generator. Yeah, right. Just use magic cards. Dust L Worm. Disciple of the Old Ways. Ooh, that's an album. For real. <laughs> Gruel Key Rune. That should have been our theme. I mean, magic everything. I mean, yeah. I would love if they if if I'm I'm hoping that maybe somewhere amidst me looking for old cards and doing shit, uh, like because uh, I don't know if y'all ever noticed or if y'all ever saw on any of their Instagrams and shit. Did you know the Acacia Strain plays the fuck out of Magic? No, no. There's no like like Wizards of the Coast sends Vincent and like another guy like they mean, send them the blocks every time they come out. Like they, they took us. Uh, Whenever you said that name, though, I was like, that's a band that would tour with Casey Strain. Like, <laughs> um, I remember seeing it. I, I, I saw it on Vincent's uh, Instagram because Deidre followed him. It was back when Instagram was really like, you know, y'all remember that shit when it was the thing. When it was pop. It was like a fuck ton of cards out on the table, and it was like, thanks, Wizards of the Coast. Like, apparently they got the hookup. Uh, whenever we saw uh, Shia they were – Asking people if they wanted to play on their little van thing <laughs> after they played. Could you imagine? Like, like play ma- play magic? Yeah. You'd be like, like, I'm being fancy. They're loading their stuff up and and um one of the guys in the band, I can't remember who it was, was like, Hey, if anybody brought magic cards and they want to play, let me know after we get through loading our shit up. And people are like, um, I'll go get mine. Let me move. Yeah, Travis would reach in his pocket. He's like, I, I always carry them around. Yeah, just just oh, for moments like this. Dude, hey, I will from here on out. I'll probably get my ass handed to me, but I'll have fun in the process. Get one hell of a Facebook picture. Yeah, right. right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 24 of Real Estate Podcast. I'm here with Adam. I'm here with Travis. And I'm here with Griffin. Yes! <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. Hey, this is the fun. we nailed it. We nailed it a lot of times. Did we? I almost, oh, yeah, dude. We did, we've, done, we've done it like when I was listening back to some of them, you know, you know, cutting them down and stuff. I was like, "Oh shit, we nailed that one. We nailed that one." I heard at least right. three that we nailed, like perfect. <laughs> three out of twenty-four. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is the acknowledgement. <laughs> those are decent, decent odds. Are those the odds that Travis would beat somebody in Chaloud against in Magic? Yeah. Three out of twenty. Three out of twenty-four. <laughs> I would watch it. Um, I'd be like, Travis, you're getting your ass kicked. I don't even know how to play. I'd be like, you're fucking up, dude. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? He looks like he's winning. Uh, yeah, what's that? Why has he got more cards than you? 
<laughs> anyway, I, it works anyway, that way. Yeah, right. Anyway, we're uh, we watched. This is the final week of Trav Movie Madness. He won. Um, uh, that's <laughs> it's debatable. Yeah, Adam's fixing to replay. The it was tape. my re- it, it was my redemption against the neon demon that's plagued me for how yeah. long now? Well, I mean, you nah, know. you still got a, you still got a lot of ways to go. To... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, so we watched uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strats Back. Came out hilarious. in 2000. Yeah, 2001. Oh, yeah, one, of the, one of the funniest movies of my teen years. Um, yeah, how old were y'all when this movie came out? Oh, Let's man. See. I was 11, I think. 12, somewhere in that area. Uh, 14. Definitely yeah. was not the age to have been watching it, probably. But <laughs> Well, you know, I remember when the South Park movie came out. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, my dad was like, we got the South Park movie. We rented it. And I'm like, oh, yeah? And he said, yeah, you can watch it but your brothers can't. And if they come in there while we're watching it, you're going to get kicked out. I'm like, stakes are real. You know, yeah. <laughs> like I got to <laughs> made you want to see it even more. Yeah. Right. Well, so, it's one of those, it's one of those moments. Uh, one of those moments you have with your, your parents where the, the veil gets lifted a little bit, you know, they're going to let them let yeah. you into my world. Yeah. You, well, get a gl- you get a, You get a glimpse of the inner circle for just a bit. Don't knock me out. Yeah, please. Please fucking the devil. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> what a and what a movie to be let in on, right? I'm just yeah. fucking with you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Satan. <laughs> yeah. Come on, come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> but uh, anyway, but that's yeah, not the movie we watch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's the end of my uh, victory lap, and. Uh, <laughs> Kind of a, a bit of a now uh, we can Kevin get Smith back to business marathon. as usual. Yeah, right. Um, I mean, snoochy bougies, you know. Yeah. Hey, well, I will say I mean, this though, real quick. Uh, Jason Mewes does a great job in this movie as like a main character. I mean, he pretty much he yeah, is the he, movie, and he's hilarious. He does a great job, like. He can yeah. deliver what Kevin Smith puts on the paper. Oh yeah, easy. Like almost like it's almost like it was real, right? I mean, it it feels very fucking ad lib. Yeah, but like we know the, it's not because Kevin Smith he's he's real big on not what I wrote on the paper. Real, yeah, like to to assume that a lot of those lines were improv was probably the you know seems rational. <laughs> He's not like that, though. Yeah, he's very stick he's to like, the script. That's not what's on the paper. Yeah. Read what I wrote. Um, well, I mean, do y'all want to rate it first and then just tackle it? Sure. Or do I want to wait until the end? I can, I mean, I can throw it a star. Yeah, I'm giving it a star. Bye. Oh, it's Blue a bye. Razor. I own it. Yeah. Absolutely. Of, <clears throat> of kind of Kevin Smith's middle era of his filmmaking – uh, it's easily his best. Um, it's one of my favorite. 
to me, like I would, I, this is, this is one of the movies, like, I guess, I guess like most of his films, you know, like you can't just sit down and be like, we're going to watch a Kevin Smith film with anyone. Cause some of them, some people think it's stupid. Some won't get it. You know what I mean? They talk too well, much. Yeah. Right. Or, um, you know, or, or just for the sheer fact that Jan saw Bob shot back is insanely vulgar in the best way possible. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, uh, it's our generation, Bill and yeah. Ted, Cheech and Chong, you know, and people that don't get that humor is just people that I don't you want to hang out really with. Wanna, yeah, I don't really want to be around them. I, I like, agree. I agree. But I mean, you know, just acknowledging what I think would be a small, you know, minority of people anyway. So, well, I mean, if you, I, I think, I think the movie is like utterly hilarious. Like hilarious. me and Adam, me and Adam, oh man. We like, watched the like, shit like, out of that ah, movie. This was the background noise to so many of mine and his hangouts, you know? <laughs> I mean, like, it got to where we, you know, we knew certain dialogue. We throw it back and forth. We, you know, it's one of those, it's one of those movies that you watch with your friends and you build your own inside jokes. We with bonded. Off of it, I guess, you know? Yeah. Like, we, we went, we went from ready to rumble and we slowly moved to this. It was a creep. Yeah, yeah we creeped over yeah. to that one, and that was just on repeat, like <laughs> forever. And the movie never gets old. No, it's, dude, it's, I was it's still, hilarious. Like, yes, Jason Mewes is so funny, man. Yeah, this is his best. Like, uh, See, that's why I really like it though, because I like Jay and Silent Bob, and this is like you only get a little bit of Jay and Bob in all the movies. You know, this is like a whole the whole movie is nothing but Jay and Bob, like all the way to the end, like just. That's it. That's all you need. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and watching this piqued my curiosity because I've never listened to the podcast or read anything on it. But you guys talked about there being a uh, a movie called Moose Jaws. Yeah. And <laughs> hopefully, you, you said you guys said at some point Jay and Silent Bob hunt down this ridiculous monster. This movie kind of like well, it's tusk. like it's like Jaws, but with a moose. So it's yeah. just a badass moose roaming around fucking people up. But with but with the comedic genius of like yes. the Jay and Silent Bob characters, that would be so funny to watch. Oh yeah. Uh, I now, can't wait. You know, that movie was pretty much gonna be a Jay and Bob movie. I mean they're like the main characters, you know. Yeah. They're they're it's, going around head hunting a moose. A whole <laughs> with movie. fucking Har- well, I mean, Harley from Epic Mealtime. Yeah. How great is that gonna be? <laughs> That's I mean, fucking do, hilarious. Do you guys think do you guys think that maybe Kevin Smith like hates almost almost hates that that's often seen as probably his best is like those Dick and fart jokes. characters? Yeah. Uh, well, maybe there for a little while. He wanted to get away from it. Yeah. But it's like, man, that's you. That's yeah. who you are. Like that's you're the only one that can do a Jay and Bob movie. Like when Kevin Smith's gone, there there won't be another. Right. Like no well, one's like gonna be day, like, I know his, what we could do. Which he owns the rights to that. He owns the rights to the Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back and the character, which is yeah, why dude, he can Jay, make a new me, movie. Well, like to me, Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back is the type of movie that. If you're having a crappy day and you come home and throw it in, you'll get a good little chuckle out of some parts, dude. And, you know, 
it even it it, it even it, you could it's it's applicable to that you know i went yeah. around making people watch it i watched it with my mom <laughs> oh, you know man. like <laughs> oh man yeah she laughed dude, her ass spread, off you know you would spread it like wildfire if you could um my question is why i mean it's obvious what his uh kind of niches in the view of universe right and he's come back around to it by making the sequel my question was always why hasn't he just turned it into a series yeah you know like like you said more people yeah bring in new characters ralph garman uh well i mean you could do just the adventures of jay and silent bob right Mm -hmm. and it's just them going on fucking these ridiculous adventures, just doing what Jay and Silent Bob does, getting into situations, getting out of situations, meeting people, well, like, doing this. Well, kinda, I mean, if, if, well, I mean, he Smith's a big Star Wars fan, so just liking it to pretty much, you know, Jay and Silent Bob, you know, I think I may have said this in an earlier one this, this month, like, they're like the R2-D2 of his universe, if you wanted to compare it, he's, you know. He's even compared them. Or metaphorically, you know, yeah. I've heard him say that, yeah, like, like Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I've heard him say it. And then uh, he said if it wasn't for Doug and... and uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie? Yeah, it's the other way around. Strange Brew? There would be no Jay and Silent Bob. That movie is so damn funny, man. Yeah. Um, when's the last time you watched that shit? Maybe a few years ago. I, I don't even know what this is. This is all new to me. Strange oh, Brew? Oh, shit. Yeah. Rick Moranis. Yeah. They used to do it on like, uh, what was that? SCCTV. Yeah. SCTV. It was like a sketch yeah. and it was, they were like drunk Canadian dudes that, you know, it, they loved it. It was kind of like, it was kind of like Wayne's World. It was. They had, they had like a little TV public show. access. Yeah. Wow. Okay. You need to watch Strange Brew. It's so fucking funny, man. Like I would be willing to watch it for the, for the pod. It's pretty it's much that. this Jay and Bob movie. Kind of, you know Canadian. what I mean? Yeah. Like the the way the movie's shot and laid out and the, the mission yeah. that they're on, it's kind of, it's like a Jay and Bob. It's like that, it's pretty much the yeah. same format. Yeah. Um, But they both talk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're hilarious. You know, Kevin Smith uh, ended up doing Silent Bob because someone didn't show up that day. So he put yeah. the... He put the, you know, he well, he, he was probably already dressed like that. He <laughs> <laughs> just and, put himself into yeah, it. Yeah, and then he was right there beside Jay. I'm just, man, you know, I, I listened, I've listened to a lot of uh, Jay and Silent Bob get old, you know, and Jason Mewes, he's a bit of a dumbass, you know? I mean, <laughs> right. really, you know? Yeah. I mean, they always kid him for that, like, all the time. But his he, he does a really good job, like, holding this movie down. Like, yeah, he's I mean, fucking funny, man. He he delivers. He the delivers whole movie in delivers. a big, bad way. I hey, mean, lady, you ever had your asshole licked by a fat guy in an overcoat? Yeah, when he <laughs> looks back at him. <laughs> And then, like a couple of minutes later, a couple of minutes later, the girls are de- are debating while they have him, and she goes, "He's just so innocent." Because they're fucking humping the window. Well, this is like this is the culmination of his view of universe because it ties everything 
you know, Jay and Silent Bob's always been the, the, the constant thread. And this just proves it more so because they hit up every character. Yeah. Except for, you know, one or two. But yeah. I mean, pretty much every character is represented in this film. But at the end, when at the end when the movie's made and everyone's went and watched it, like yeah. so many other characters that they didn't interact with, they went and watched yeah. it. Like Jay, yeah. uh, tell them Steve, the, Dave. Did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did y'all catch that? Yeah. Chase I, thought, I, heard, I only know about that through you guys, but I heard that and I said, I wonder if that's where they got that. That was from, those dudes, and I, that was that's the two guys that do the podcast, and they were in the uh, Mall Rats, same dudes, and, and Dogma. Yeah. They did the same thing. Tell Steve, Dave. <laughs> you stop saying that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Um, well, can we talk about the bad lieutenant decisions <laughs> that happened all the way through this movie? All it was was a bad lieutenant decision, you know? No, no, no. Bad lieutenant decision of the film was click commander. Oh, my God. That shit was amazing. I got something I could say about the clip that I think you should hear too, Justice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, rub it on my nose. Yeah, I am the clip commander. That's so funny. No. He's like, none of you fucks rule it like me. Not this fuck. And Bob's like leaning in, like yeah. <laughs> No, what's funny, one of the one of the funniest scenes with, with him interacting with Justice. It still had to be the open, the very first time they meet the bad medicine sequence. Yeah. Oh my god, that yeah. shit was fucking funny. Where does one, two, three? He's like got that fucking boner, yeah. dude. Just yeah, that shit was hilarious. When he's that screaming at that computer, and then he was like, <laughs> you are the Bob ones who are the ball lickers, right there in the Bob, store. Everybody's Bob, looking at him like, yeah. Bob contains the volume with fucking a cup. Yeah. I mean, um, they look at the camera a lot. Yeah. I noticed that when I watched it this time around, like they do it like four or five times. They, yeah. Like, yeah. They break, they break the fourth wall. Yeah. Even at the end when he was like, Ooh, you were going to suck my dick. And he's shaking his head like, no. And then he looks right into the camera and shakes his head. Yes. Yeah. Right. I mean, and the cameos galore, man. Oh man. George Carlin, everybody, right that, that George Carlin, you're doing it all wrong. <laughs> like, so funny, man. Yeah. Sure, if you don't make with the head. <laughs> yeah. The, un- the unwritten book of the road. <laughs> yeah. You follow the book, I live my life by it. He's like, all right. <laughs> oh, then it leads to that funny Carrie Fisher moment. Um, you do f- the follow the book, don't you? She said, "Is it's... What'd she say? I live my life by it. <laughs> you follow the book too? <laughs> Do unto others. That's what the good book says. <laughs> they look at each other like, what? They do some really good shots of that in this movie, like zooming in on his face. Like, yeah. When he's like, he's like, what do you say? Uh, this is where the angel's supposed to show up and tell you not to whip your dick out. <laughs> but we, we bitch slapped oh, him. I fucking oh, sent him packing. Little red oh, boys. His his whole debate with that was funny. It's, and then she was like looking at her shoulder, like like everyone can see it. Yeah, right. And then the, the angel, you know, Jesus loves little children. He's like, remember, don't pull your dick out unless she asks, unless she's asleep. <laughs> Look over side Bob. See if he thinks it's a good idea. And he's like, no. Like, be smooth. Be Don Juan Delanooch. And the way he looks up. 
Yeah, down I'm going to beat the shit out of two sucker-punching little bitches. <laughs> um, man, what about the fucking uh, Mystery Machine? We got Scooby-Doo showing up. Give me the map, yeah. Scott! <laughs> that was yeah, so funny. On. Y'all, you guys on the job, pumpkin Esco bottle three on five. I make a Y'all movie did. with Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the map, Scott. That's funny, man. Yeah, yeah, Scott, he jumps. Yeah, Scott looked like sex the- machine, like a yeah. like a poor man's sex machine. I don't know what the fuck you just said, man. <laughs> you touched me. You got to be a little more specific. Yeah. You said Miramax make up for 79% of my sales. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Sean William Scott. Oh, man. Hey, Mr. Sonny oh, Scott. Me and Adam used to fucking fall in response to that damn song all the time. Dude, he said, I'm down with it because I love animals, stupid. <laughs> you got to see a twisted perspective on the world, little boy. <laughs> When he said, when he went, all all his mannerisms in that character was fucking great. The delivery was hilarious. I mean, I kind of wish they wouldn't have thrown him out. I wanted to see where that motherfucker was going. You know what I mean? Like, I wish, I wish he would have showed up and been like with a group of people, being like, "Yeah, they were, you know, part of the, you know, search for the diamond thieves or whatever." Because it'd have been funny to have like seen him, like flipping out one more time, saying something crazy. I wish it just had a cut to him, like in the interrogation room, and Will Ferrell's and in, trying to interrogate oh my him. God. This is probably Will Ferrell's <laughs> best role ever. Yeah, right. Federal Wildlife Marshal. <laughs> we say, Will and Holly, give me a freaking break. <laughs> yeah, we got him. Citizens of Utah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man. Oh, and when uh, when they uh, when they when Bob and Jay play the uh, gay couple and <laughs> try to yeah. escort the monkey out of the bar. It's my sperm way. from a chick I bang on the side so I'm not all the way gay, but he he loves the cock. <laughs> when they're walking well, away, he's like, well, that was so great when I told him that you love the cock and they're like laughing about it. You know? <laughs> or when, when Will Ferrell goes or says something along the lines of like that, we gotta let this fucking Brady Bunch yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Oh man, it's I mean, just full it's, of shit, man. From start to finish, yes, it's the perfect road movie, in my opinion. Oh yeah, I mean, the only thing that might be as good as maybe planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's that's a close. That but, goes without saying. Yeah, I mean that's you a know, given. I mean, John Candy. Yeah. Fucking uh, Steve Martin. Steve. Come on. Yeah. Oh man, and we get to the moment where. Uh, I mean, it, I just, it, it, I don't know what's funny. To me, it's like they're, they're tied for whichever one takes the place. But uh, the, the scene where the jewel thieves get in through the lasers and do all the ridiculous maneuvers only for uh, Ali Larder's character to fart and set the alarm off. And uh, the one where Jay finally breaks the silence and flips out on Jay. Whenever, <laughs> whenever the van blows up and Jay does that, ah, <laughs> it pulls out. Justice, for Jay thinks. And when they only those that super smart are left to cry, damn oh, yes. 
<laughs> he goes full Charles. Char- that was Lester. so funny, man. That looked like that scene that he's walking on looked like it was cut from that movie. Yeah. He looked green screened yeah. onto it like it was like old footage. Did I wonder you if see that's a Miramax green- movie. Did you see the green screen whenever they let the animals out? No. Yeah. Yeah. I always see it. They're, when they let all the animals out and bust the door open. There's a green screen behind them? Yeah, the animals running out is filmed, and then they're chroma keyed into it. You know what ah. I mean? Yeah. I can always tell that. I'm like, shit. I, I guess that's how they got away with the no animals were harmed during the making of this. Because, I mean, there's rats and shit, you know? Yeah. Oh, and they're, like, running through their legs. and Yeah, yeah. It's good, though, you know? Like, they let out an obscene amount of animals for such a small facility. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, what you looking for, just, Lunchbox? He said, there ain't no snacks in here, Lunchbox. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ooh, check this shit out. <laughs> shit fucks you up like Percocet. Me and Justice go shoot each other later and fuck like stone test bunnies. Bah! He said, you telling me you never done one of these? <sighs> Yeah. He started no, acting like wait, he was wait. sucking a dick. He's like, oh, <laughs> no, no, no. they they all started to laugh when he did that. Even uh, Kevin Smith, he started because I watched it. I was like, let me re, re- go back. I was like, go back a little. I was like, he almost started to laugh. Like, uh, um, Ben Affleck does a good job. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Matt Damon. Oh of course. man, that so that whole always. scene's funny. Yeah, I don't know well, what like those happens. Said- Will, what are we gonna do? <laughs> That um, it's those two Apple fucks from the Mort man. movie. That shit fucking cracks me up. Um, Scott Moser makes his appearance, of course. Yeah, he's like, stand here and don't talk, especially you. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> <That's pretty fun>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what about fucking uh Jason Lee though? Oh yeah, playing two different roles, two characters, killing it. And it's Wearing so the crazy. same outfit from Mall Rats, same shirt, jacket, got his little cup. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, "There's that fucking cup." Um, oh, I mean, it was hilarious. It, I mean, it's just There's crazy. <laughs> like he he's playing two. I want to see him do something like Moon. You know what I mean? Oh man, serious role. Well, not just a serious role, but What's a role funny? where he's. Well, a role where he's reacting to himself because like you can, both of those characters are so different and he plays them so differently. Like, uh, of course the beard, you know, makes them look differently, but you know what I mean? Like seeing those two clash together, those two characters would be great. You know, calling him a tracer. Oh my God. Chris Rock. Crack, oh crack, my crack. God. Did <laughs> <laughs> you spit in this? You didn't spit in this, sir. Boogers, boogers, no boogers, sir. Taste, taste the booger flavor. <laughs> Give me a white man. He said, "You go to film school." <laughs> Daddy'd be pissed off if he was bringing a black man his coffee. <laughs> Funny man. Everyone, I mean, just yeah, scene after scene. Like, wow. Here's here's what I don't understand. Why did it take him so long to say, "I'm gonna make another Jay and Bob movie"? Because for real, dude. I like them all. Oh, yeah. But this one, man. Well, from start to finish, man, it's a fucking laugh fest. Like, yeah. Well, I think it's because he, like, 
he he wrote the characters into the films. You know, at the end of Mallrats, he said, you know, Jay and Silent Bob will be back, you know, with Suzanne or whatever. Yeah. And, I, you know, he made he made Jay and Bob, and he wanted that to kind of be it. I feel like he doesn't want to play into what everybody wants him to play in. But my thing is, is like, look, you want to do stuff like Moose Jaws and Tusk and, and that kind of stuff, that's fine. But what's going to make you money and what's going to be, you know, like if he did, when he does this Jay and Bob movie, I have a feeling it's probably going to be his highest grossing movie yeah. ever. Well, it's going to be, oh. it's not going to get a super wide release. So that's one of his problems. Like it's always so far away from, you know what I mean? It's a short release. Like, yeah, you know, very small always. Like I would have gone yeah. to watch all of them. Yeah. If I didn't have to drive, if I would have to drive like two hours, man. <laughs> drive into the city. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I had to do with Tusk. You know, I had to drive to the fucking backside of Chattanooga. You and know, so, look, man, I, I like you, Kevin, and I support you, but damn, you're going to let me drive that far? Like, well, I mean, if the movie's good enough, it might get picked up for a worldwide, you know, or at least a, a U.S. full theatrical release. You know, um, I mean, Clerks too. I had to drive to Hampton Cove to see that. Um, Zach and Mary, I had to drive to Hampton Cove to see that. You know, like I mean, that's not a short. It's not that far away, but at the same time, it's not fucking. It's Scott's inconvenient. Road. It's inconvenient to just want to go to the movies. Yeah, exactly. And actually, and actually, want to watch what's playing at the movie. Well, I never understood why he didn't. Why he doesn't want to be an advocate for do a limited theater run and VOD at the same time? VOD you know what I mean? day of it would get yeah plays. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, if I could go online and buy it the day that it released in theaters and watch it. it, yeah, for sure, I would pay twenty bucks. Yeah. You know, and that's, I mean, that's more than they charge for you a get movie ticket right though. here. Yeah, exactly. Get a digital download. Yeah, I'd buy the hard copy. Yeah, when it comes out on Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah. Signed. He signs everything. I don't know if I've ever been to his store. Yeah. Um, I mean, and what's funny is how ironic the movie is because, you know, two of his characters are going to Hollywood to stop a movie from being made because of people bashing it online, <laughs> yeah, right? Talking shit about them. Well, fictional characters. Fictional characters. He's like, you guys still there? Hello, hello? Hello? Y'all back? Hey. My, one of my favorite parts where he's like, what if we're, what if we're macking on this chick? And she's like, ooh, I want to suck you guys' dicks off. She's like, what's your name? We're like, Jay and Silent Bob, the fucking Mac Daddies of Jersey. And she's like, oh, well, I read on the internet that you two's a couple little fucks. And then she goes and sucks two other guys' dicks. Well, fuck that. that. (laughs) It's so funny. And dude's like, fictional characters, money. Like, am I getting through to you? All they can think about. He's like, a Jay and Silent Bob movie? Pay to see that. Yeah. He says it's shooting Friday, so that gives us. Eight days. I always fucking yeah. die. Three by my count, but close. <laughs> All right, three. Um, no, but what I was saying, though, was he did the same thing in real life whenever, Red, like, right after Red State came out, right? Like, he went to 
what Sundance or something like that. And he was like, I'm done making movies because yeah. nobody likes them. You know, it's so Stop ironic. giving a fuck. Yeah, exactly. That's his problem. Like, yeah. And when he takes a movie to Sundance and he doesn't like get a, you know, a huge buzz and something, he gets all bummed out. It's like, dude, you have your crowd. Yeah. Be happy that you're even there, man. If we made a movie and it went, it got invited to Sundance, oh, I'd man. be fucking even if they cheese. shit on it. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, but my movie played at Sundance. Like, how many people can say that? Exactly. You know, how many people want to create a film and just do not have the opportunity to do so? You know what I mean? Well, I will say this: nowadays, it's easy to make a movie compared to the way it was when he made Clerks. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean. Your phone's a camera, yeah. you know? Yeah. It may not I mean, be the best looking movie, movie in the world, but. Indie movies of all genres now are just everywhere. Flooded the market, man. There's Which just so I mean, many movies now. Like, Yeah. I mean, I mean, the B movie has always existed, but now it has like a. But see, there's a problem, like though. Like, it's so it's easy to make a movie now the, that there's a lot of shit out there. Like, it's just garbage because it's so easy. Like, anyone can make one. Yeah, I mean, it's saturated. Back the in the day, you had to, like, pull some strings, suck a couple of dicks, you know. Yeah. Nowadays. Well, it seems like it's, it almost seems like that's that's why the blockbuster will never go away and is why it's really the only real um, audience puller to the cinemas now. And I think that that's probably why Marvel does so well now. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean. It's like. It's like a saturated market of dramas and romance and everything has made it to where people don't really want to go pay to see the same typical romance trope or whatever indie film that's that's trending at the time. When you go watch a movie that took a, I mean, like you know, regardless of whether these blockbusters were good or bad, the actual credit sequence, like if you know, Marvel has if Marvel's done one thing. They've successfully made people sit and watch and see just how many people it takes to make these movies. And, oh, and the well, kind of money, quality. Yeah, that, yeah that's like, the well, thing. Quality. Well, it's, it's almost, well, well, it's almost like they, they're forcing you to be like, this is where all your money, all the money went. That we've, that, that this is why this movie costs so much. Well, but it's, I think it's a little different because with, with Marvel and, and DC to an extent and certain franchises, if you're interested in those said, in said franchises, you kind of already know what you're getting. You know what I mean? Like, when's the last time that you went online or, or anything like that and was like, here's a movie that I know nothing about that I want to go to the movies and I'm going to watch it? When's the last mm. time that you just went to the movies to watch a movie just to, that you had no idea what I don't know what, if I've ever done that. I mean, I have, you know, it's just, there's never the been a random pull. Maybe back in yeah. the day when I was a kid. Yeah. And you go yeah. watch it. Cause that's all you got two movies to pick from. It's like, you can watch the chick flick or the action movie. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think for me, I think the last one had to, uh, I don't know if we've referenced this earlier at some point in, in an episode, but, I remember one of the last movies me and Adam ever went and saw in the theaters, like this old theater in Scottsboro. It was a movie called Mirrors. We did talk about this a few podcasts ago, and it was it was a big mistake. Yeah, (laughs) we just we were like we were like let's go watch a movie. So we only had two options. Yeah, it was that, and I think some. It's either a chick flick or a kid movie, and then they had that, you know. So 
That's that's the last time that happened. Right. Which back then you would go watch a movie. Hey, we're all going to the movies. You want to go? Yeah, sure. Whatever. You're hanging out, you know. Yeah. We still had a good time, you know. Yeah. But nowadays, I mean, it costs a lot. You got to get out of the house. You got to get me out of my house. Right. Good fucking well, luck with that. Whenever I was in high school, when I was working in, in Scottsboro at the pig, you know, that on the weekends, that's what we did. We all loaded up in Alex's, whatever it was. Go to Huntsville? Yeah, we went to Hampton Cove like every weekend and just watched whatever was playing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, just roll up and just pick Pick a movie on the spot and just go with it. No, now it's planned out. I do weeks of research. Yeah. I I watch behind the scenes features like. (laughs) Right. Making up. I'm not going at random. Yeah. But uh, my thing is, is if there was a theater, if I had more time and if there was a theater that either played older movies on a regular basis. Like a dollar theater. Yes. I would go all the time, you know? Yeah. Whenever whenever I was, you know, in Chattanooga a lot with, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Over there where they played Ah. Tusk. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get into that. Um, over there where we, where we watched Tusk that right down the road was the dollar theater, you know, and we went in there and it was, I mean, it, it was like three bucks for a ticket, you yeah. know, I could, I could see myself spending three bucks to, you know, if you had one nearby. Yeah. You go catch a movie oh. that you didn't get to watch, you know, well, and like, let's just is, go to the movies. Yeah. Well, and this is what kills me. Like the theater in, um, Huntsville, the Monaco, for one night only, one showing, they played the original Godfather, the first one. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they did that with uh, Jaws and E.T. and Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs, but they only do one showing on one specific night. And, like, you can plan on going, but God forbid you actually try. Because oh, something's going to be packed, go wrong. man. Well, something's going to happen. It'll be packed, too. Yeah. I mean, I always thought that they should reopen the theater in Scottsboro and show old movies in there. Dude, they could build a theater to do that with, have more screens, you know? Yeah. And show old movies, because there's a ton of movies that I didn't get to see in the theater that I would go watch if it was playing. I'd be like, oh, that would be awesome. Like, Even movies that that I've already seen that I'm like, I'd like to see that in the theater. Yeah, because that's some that's something my wife has talked about wanting to do is up like rent like a place like that and show old movies and you know have like game tournaments and such there you know. Shit, that's fixing to be my backyard, you know. Yeah, I get this projector. Up I'm coming over for the grand opening. <laughs> the grand opening of Griffin Backyard. Yeah, backyard theater, undisclosed location in Griffin's backyard. Yeah. It's like, is it really undisclosed? <laughs> you just said. Shut up! Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the new set, the the future set of real estate podcast. You got to get a poker table, an outside one. Oh, I'm I can do that, you know. Um, but I mean, if they played Jay and Bob, I would go watch. It I in would the go because I didn't get to see that in the theater. Yeah, right. Like, that, was, that, that was actually a movie that that uh one of the first movies that. that as me and Adam started hanging out and becoming friends, he was like, Hey, let's watch this. It's, it's, it's a great gift, you know, 
Thank mm-hmm. you yeah. for everybody. You, you know what I mean? And it's one of those things where like when you're at school, you're like, people are talking about movies. Like there's a movie that you guys need to see. Yeah. Like you, you need, this it's is on the next ground. Level. You don't know nothing about this. Yeah. And then it just catches fire. You know, it's like American history X was the same way. Fight club. Yeah. You know, especially fight club. Uh, Donnie Darko. Oh, Donnie Darko. I got sick of he- I got sick of hearing about Donnie Darko as well as uh, Fight Club. That other one. Yeah, uh, I remember in high school it was the trend uh, back when people used uh, a- uh, AOL Instant Messenger. Yeah. Or AIM or whatever. AIM. And uh, whenever you whenever people would set away messages when you'd message them they'd have some witty line lyric from a song or something. You know what is what is now the status message? Yeah, on Facebook. You know, but uh, people would always have some some quote from Donnie Darko or something from Fight Club, and it was just always everywhere. Like it was a very big thing. I remember in high school. What was that other movie? Uh, uh, Boondock Saints. Yeah, that was oh, one yeah. too. That was like that too. Yeah, yeah. People wearing the shirts. Yeah. God forbid. God forbid you told any of them you've never seen it. Oh my, oh my God! God. You were They'll a take you out piece of shit. Make you watch it. Yeah, they'll kick your ass and make you watch it. Yeah. They'll put you in a chair like old uh, dude in uh, Clockwork Orange. Yeah, make well, you watch I, it. Well, I mean, I mean, if you really, if you really examine social order in schools, man, like at the bottom of the barrel where all the punks and stuff are at, you know. So not knowing that put you completely off the pyramid. So there was a worse spot you could be. Thank you, Griffin. Yeah, no problem. I saw that. <laughs> I had to call. Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, um, and then uh, even the Clockwork Orange. That was one that went under the radar for a long time for me. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I heard people talk about it all the time. You ever seen that? Oh, you don't know nothing about movies, you know? <laughs> right. All right. You know what? what's the problem, though? Some of those movies, man, people will just go on and on about it, on and on. And then you watch it, and you're like, eh. It didn't live up. Yeah, because it's like, well, you just, I've just, 10 years of people building it up. Yeah. It was okay. I mean, well, that, I try not to do too much, uh, false, uh, advertisement. I guess you could say, I'm I'm always like, have you seen this movie? No, then watch it. Yeah. Like, not like for two hours, like, oh my God, it's amazing. Like, Yeah, because I don't want to be like, and this one part, and then and then this one part, this happens. The plane engine falls on his bed, and then yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're like, if they're like, what's it about? And then you give them the most brief, the most generic description. You know, like what's yeah. a Clockwork Orange about? It's about a fifteen-year-old that bakes bad lieutenant decisions. Yeah. That's all you got to yes. know. Yes, yes, boy. Yeah, <laughs> that was a really creepy scene. <laughs> yeah, yes. oh, there we go. A little bit of nastiness. Yes. Happy party oh, lodges. Oh. <laughs> uh, another one that got me, and the movie's good. Don't get me wrong, but I listened to people build Memento up for a long time. Oh, and yeah. then I watched it, and I was like, "Yeah, it is good," but. Yeah. I mean, people just go, oh, my God. Like, it's the uh, movies of all movies. Well, Memento for me, Memento for me was when I found out that it was the name of a uh, a local band had gotten their name. Remember Sammy Jenkins? Oh, they were really good. They yeah. were, uh, for people that like that kind of their music. Their own pure volume. Like, 
It, well, I mean, they, they ne- nothing ever came of them, but that they were like between the buried and me. But anyways, uh, so I watched the movie and I, I thought it was amazing. I, I'd never, I'd been exposed to really like, I guess, I guess like more innovative editing and stuff. Yeah. Well, it's well, just, so that was my first. That was my first like foray into it. You told me to and watch so, it, and you said this. You said, "Hey, the movie's backwards." Yeah, that was I was like, "What?" You said it's backwards. It. Yeah, keep that in mind. <laughs> Don't go in. So dry. that helped. I didn't come out of there yeah. holding my head like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like Donnie to Darko. Yeah. Adam I smoked a whole me. pack of cigarettes. <laughs> trying to figure out what happened there. Yeah. Yeah, Don, for me Donnie Darko was when it when it was over I was like, okay, that was good. Was it one of those movies though that people just you expected bought, more cuz they just like I build bought, it up, build it up and I build bought, it up like in my in, in my stash of movies that I own, I've bought a lot of really good movies and I bought a lot of lemons too. But I never gave a fuck about buying Donnie Darko. It's just never been something I was like, oh, I'm going to get it. I mean, eventually it's going to, I'm going to find the dollar buy of it somewhere and I will grab it. You'll add it to the collection. But it's just, I don't jump for it when I see it. I did. Well, I bought it on limited edition four disc Blu-ray. Oh shit. Imported from Canada. (laughs) They had it at Walmart. It was like, this is like the movie, the movie was just super depressing for me, and I, I guess I watched that movie at a time in my life where I felt super depressed. So it was just something that just I was like, "Why? Why the fuck did I watch this?" It's definitely <laughs> got a weird tone. Yeah, right. Every time I think about that movie, I always think about that hallway scene. Yeah, the Tears for Fears songs playing. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, back to Jay and Bob, though. You know, it's just watch it. If you're listening to this podcast, you'll like and it. Well, if you've never seen it, then you're, what are you doing? you're our people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> what are you doing with your life? Yeah, <laughs> ladies, ladies, ladies. Yeah, Bob are in his house. Just start watching more movies, man. You know. Look at me, look at me, you soppy bitch. But what's crazy is there's a lot of, you know, that movie is a little bit ahead of its time. Oh, yeah. With some of the comedy, you know, like now, yeah, really. But nowadays, that would play well. And there's a lot of kids out there that don't know anything about that movie. Unfortunately. And like, you know, know, they need to see it. Yeah. Well, I always thought that in my mind, and this is not a slam against him or anything like that, but I always felt like, Judd Apatow has always wrote kind of like took what Smith did. He brought it along at the right time though. Yes, exactly. And had more money backing him. It's funny that you said that because I was, I was comparing it in my mind right now to uh, the hangover. Like if it was re re, if it was released again, would it have the type of following that the hangover got? Or that one movie, uh, what was it? Where it was Steve uh, Carell and Forty Year Old Virgin. Yeah, wasn't that a Judd yeah. Apatow movie? Yeah, like that. Like that's a, that's a Kevin Smith movie, kind of like. Yeah. Well, Knocked Up definitely is. Oh you know? yeah. 
if if you watch Knocked Up and then you watch Chase and Amy side by side, you can see where he went in and cherry picked everything that was good about Chase and Amy. You know what I mean? But it was it's ten just, years later. Yes, maybe even fifteen. I mean, like so, it people were ready for it. Yeah, and that's what kills me. It's like you know he wants to be all down on himself, this, that, and the other, but he needs to understand like he innovated the two thousand comedy in the nineties. You know what I mean? He needs to be proud of that because I am, because when somebody's like, Oh, you know, Judd Apatow, you know, 40 year old virgin, this, that, and I'm like, you need to watch chase and Amy. You need to watch mall rats. You know, you need to watch clerks. You need to watch Jay and Bob. Like, you know, dogma is a little, that's a little depends on the person. Yeah. 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 That's why his movies do better in the long run. Oh Yeah. Because when it, when they came out, people were like, oh, we don't know how to take this. Well, they weren't ready for it. Yeah, yeah, and then on down the road, you know, uh, Mallrats has really good DVD sales now to this yeah. day. Like, It's it's incredible, man. Well, it makes, it makes a lot of sense, I think, to say that because really, well, if you look at it, shit, but. a lot of the, well, I mean, a lot of the people that are typical fans of these movies are the more critical and analytical people. So a lot of those people get around the movies when they want, you know, they don't necessarily follow the beat of what's coming out. They don't run out. out to the theater. Like, I think that's where a big, a big base of cult followings come from, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and it's just, and, 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 and I guess where movies kind of have that longevity when they're all, when they're in. Deep. Well, and it, and it's word of mouth. You know what I mean? Because, like, Guardians of the Galaxy. I know that it's weird to compare the two, but the reason that that guy, you know, when the original came out, did so well is because people went and saw it and they told people. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's why I don't think that, like, The Hateful Eight did as well because it wasn't in theaters long enough for word of mouth to get around about how good it is. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. And since Kevin Smith stuff is kind of released limited, it's hard to like, first of all, it's hard to find somewhere playing it around here. Then, then you have to find the right people to be like, Hey, you know, this movie and this movie, well, he's got a new movie out and I think you'll like it. There's no trailer on TV, but it's out. Yeah. Um, I I mean, if you don't listen to his podcast, you don't know. Yeah, Exactly. I mean, some people fucking talk shit about, you know, whatever on, but that's the thing, you know, it'll get a bunch of buzz right as when it drops, like Tusk did. Tusk got is a hilarious. Yes. That movie's got a funny, bunch. man. It is. It's fucking great, man. Um, it got a lot of buzz because it got a lot of hate. Yeah. And, and people didn't take it for what it was. It was a you joke. Know? Yeah, exactly. It was ridiculous, like. It was supposed to be that way on purpose, you know? And Michael Parks was amazing. Oh, my God. Was he not? Um, Red State, if he would have released oh, it, man. if he would have released it nationally and then it stayed in theaters long enough to generate some buzz about it, it would have done good. It would have did good, in my opinion. Overseas, know? that movie yeah. would have done way better. Oh, yeah, Overseas, for sure. Because, you know, here, you know, but. Yeah. I mean, come on. Michael yeah. Parks is great in that movie. I mean, he delivers. He always delivers. Oh, man. Rest in peace. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, so if you had to pick one scene to reference somebody to this movie, what would you pick? Fuck, fuck, fuck. Mother, mother, fuck. Yep. Mother, mother, fuck, fuck. That's it. Yeah, when the little kid's sitting there, fuck, 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 yeah, fuck. Whole, she says, stay right that, here, that, you that, little that. shit machine. Just, just, just tell them to watch the first five minutes. Yeah. If you don't like the first that, five minutes, you're not going to like the movie. That's, yeah. yeah, that's because that first five wow. becomes the rest of the film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to. I and tend my, to agree. And let's, and, and we haven't even brought up probably one of the best parts of the film, the Mark Hamill cameo. Oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Why do they call you Cockknocker? It's a funny story behind that. Avenge <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> yeah. I'm the pie fucker in the joint. You're going to be the pie. <laughs> He's so fucking great. He said, like, contrary uh, to what yeah, you think yeah. about people in Hollywood, I'm not gay. He well, said, well, I'll, I'll suck, suck his yeah. dick. <laughs> you can watch it jerk off. All right. <laughs> when it's over, say, lovely tea party. What's kind of funny, what's kind of funny with watching all these, was watching these past three films, is that in Chain Silent Bob, it shows you that Silent Bob has finally harnessed the force. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. Chaka, that's not in the script. <laughs> Can I get a cut? When he tried. So there's actually a supernatural element to Jay and Silent Bob because remember they were the prophets in Dogma. Yeah. He referred um, to and God. It, and, it, yeah. and it's even funnier because when they uh, when they're um, when they take the monkey and they're on that bike and they hit that ramp and the guard goes, "Those are some magical guys." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're in here naked. Yeah. We'll let you finish up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny when they were doing that. I like when they run around the corner and they run into that wall and they're like, Hollywood's so fake. <laughs> <laughs> you get to see uh Daredevil for a second. Yeah. That that Is always that reminds that me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, in that fucking goofy looking suit. Yeah, that was him. Oh, did you see, notice mm-hmm. when they were standing outside there? You see the uh, 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 Reservoir Dog guys in the background walking. Yeah, they're walking. Yeah, Harvey yeah. Keitel in the front with the blood all over him. Yeah. Like they were shooting that movie at the time or something. Right. Kind of cool. Like, yeah, little, little drops in. Yeah. Well, that always reminded me of uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah. You know, this is Jay and Silent Bob's Big Adventure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Big time. I can't I mean, wait for great. the next one. I hope it's, I know he's not working with the same amount of money. Cause that movie, you could tell like, yeah, they spent some coin on it. He said, this set him back a couple hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah. They walked in that room. <laughs> he's like, you guys are the stunt doubles, stunt doubles. Yeah. For the movie. What movie? Like, yeah. God damn, dude. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> like, it's just, the movie that this whole movie's been about? Yeah. <laughs> they don't give a shit. What's funny, though, is it never really shows them doing drugs in any of the movies, right? No. I mean, has there ever been any scene where it shows them, like, They're smoking weed down? and dogma on the train. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's it. Right. That's yeah. the only time you see it. Like, Yeah. 
Well, when the, it, it shows uh, Jay almost hand it to Smith, and when they're in the uh, mystery machine. Yeah. Oh yeah. That seems funny, man. Yeah. That song. Yeah. But well, we take our cues from a dick Carter, and a neckerchief. Uh, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Let's turn those frowns upside down. Yeah. You see, I feel like we're trapped in a fucking cartoon. This <laughs> is in the background, like it's like I think they passed out. What are we gonna do with them? <laughs> Let's cut out their kidneys and sell it on the black market. I'm in a seedy motel bathroom, tub flies. Yeah, he likes some. No more Harry Bush dog. Oh, no, it's no more dogs. <laughs> yeah, man, I love it. I can watch this. I pop it in every so often just to revisit some. Just to laugh your ass off. Hello. What's what's funny is that like after after watching it, after having spent enough money renting it for so long, I remember uh, me and Adam finally found a copy. I think he got his, and then I went back and got mine. And uh, the copy I watched the other night's the same one. Like I've held on to a lot of the movies, like that, a lot of my comedies that. I have my same copy, man, that I bought from Blockbuster. Wow. Yeah, they had it on sale in there, and I bought it. Yep. Still got the Blockbuster sticker on it. Yeah. That's a souvenir, dog. That's an artifact. Oh, it is. (laughs) You dug it up in a past world? Yeah. Some ancient civilization. Yeah, it's like an ancient Chinese secret or something. Yeah. What is this Blockbuster? What is this bullshit? Yeah. oh my god michael chow um i mean i know the nostalgia for blockbuster has been memed to hell and back but seriously though i miss that store it was like um, heaven you'd go in there it's fun it was always fun to go in there and see what was up well i mean considering i lived in a town that didn't have like a mall where you could just go find a better deal it was it was the play it was it was the only place to really go dude my mom would rent a new release, and I would get five old movies that I could keep for five days. Come Shit, on, the movie. You know what I'm saying, those, come those, on. That, right there, right there, towards the end, they had a really good movie in Game Pass where, like, you could uh, you could get a game, keep it as long yeah, as you, you needed to. Yeah, you paid so much a month. Back. Yeah. Oh, I still that's have my got, gold reward card, man. A lot of that's the only way I played a lot of new releases back in the day. Had the gold reward card. There were certain movies, like, when they would come in, they'd hold you a copy. If it was, like, you know, one that was, like, a new release, you right. could reserve a copy. You know, That's and they would hold up. it for you so you could come in there the day it dropped them. Because, you know, sometimes the new movies, they wouldn't have that many copies. Yeah. You'd come in yeah. there, they'd be, all be gone, you know? like Yeah, what the fuck? Um, I remember we, we got on the Netflix bandwagon right out of the gate. Yeah. I mean, that was... That was that was the shit, you know. We would get them. I was I was a few years behind on Netflix, but it's it is amazing. Yeah, we oh, were getting yeah. three three in the mail, and it would take. That's before uh, they had the streaming service. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. You log on, you search for the movie. If they have it, you put it in your queue, and then you look at the queue, and it's like, well, this hasn't come back in yet. Like there's a waiting list on there, you know. So you get on there, and you're like, what? You know, all these movies you want to watch that you've never seen. 
it's fucking great, man. I miss the good old days. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, cause now when you watch Netflix, when you stream it, it's like, here's stuff that you may like. And you're like, eh, maybe, you know, they give uh, you like a little brief, brief description. But whenever you go online and look at it, it's, it was like a full synopsis, you know? Yeah. And that was the first place that we ever, me and dad was ever on where it was like more from this director, you know? Yeah. So then, like, you know, that, that's how we found out about a and lot of related the, movies. Like, people yeah. that like this movie also like this movie. And you're like, oh, yeah. never heard of that. Yeah, what's this about? And Dude, then, I've noticed that Netflix now, though, there's a lot of shit on there. A lot. Like, uh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's loaded down. Like, like, even it's been saturated by the B movie market. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of bullshit, man. I mean, there's still good stuff on there. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of bullshit. Like, yeah. A lot of chuffa. Yeah, you kind of have to wade through it a little bit, you know. But well, it's it's, it's more of just an on-demand television service, really. Yeah. yeah. And and like TV, it's got like y'all said, it's got the chuffa and the good stuff. Yeah, you just have to find it, you know. So I mean, what else is there to say about Jay and Bob? Buy it, rent it, buy it, <laughs> borrow yeah. it. Buy two copies yeah. so you can have a loaner copy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I got a couple movies oh, yeah. like that. This movie <laughs> this movie's probably this it's probably incredibly cheap now. There's really no reason if you collect movies, there's no reason not to have it. Well shit, we can find out right now. You know what I mean? How much you think it's selling Are on you gonna uh, do eBay? Amazon. I'm gonna say on uh, Amazon we're probably looking at like between seven to ten dollars. Ooh. I say, I say under five. All right for for the Blu-ray. Oh, Blu-ray! Now that's Blu-ray release is nine sixty-nine. Okay. For the DVD release, two ninety-nine. What? <laughs> yeah. So there's no reason to not get this film. Yes, exactly. And, and either either sides of the uh, quality spectrum. So, like, really. Mine seated on Blu ray. Yeah. I didn't well, know it was get... released on Blu ray. Yeah, they released it. Let's see. When they did that whole, you know, anniversary. Yeah. You can get Jay and Bob on Blu ray, Mallrats and Clerks, too, for twenty five seventy nine. Oh, my God. Are they, are they yeah. separate cases? Yeah. Yeah. You can get uh, Chasing Amy for seven nineteen, Dogma for twenty five. That one's really hard to find on Boy Ray. You go to Rest the website, a few more bucks, you can get an autographed copy. Right, they're pretty cheap. No, mm-hmm. these legitimate autographs. Yeah, he signs just them. Like- yeah, yeah. His you website, can- man. Everything they have, he'll sign it. Posters, whatever, whatever you want. I so, thought about um, buying the whole collection one time. Like a little bit at a time, get them all autographed, you know? All signed? Yeah. That'd be, that'd be fucking wizard as fuck. Like $25 a piece, though. <laughs> right. Well, um, do y'all want to check into something we've already discussed on the podcast before? Yeah, what's that? Sure. Um, comic series. Big Trouble in Little China, Old Man Jack. Mm-hmm. Co-written by Carpenter. Oh, says that um, it was just announced. Studios Studios is taking a page out of Wolverine playbook 
with upcoming comic series Big Trouble in Little China, Old Man Jack, set to tell the tale Jack Burton's final ride in the Port Chop Express. Checks in the mail. <laughs> Written by John Carpenter and Anthony Birch. The four-issue series will be kicking off in September. Just enough time for the remake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, and, uh, and old man Jack, the year is 2020, and hell is literally on earth. Ching Day, Ching Dai, sick of relying no ghost on. Pan? Well, sick of relying on screw ups like Low Pan to do his bidding, has broken the barriers between earth and the infinite hells and declared himself ruler of all. 60 year old Jack Burton is alone in a tiny corner of Florida with only his broken radio to talk to until one day it manages to pick up a message. Someone is out there in the hellscape and they know a way to stop Ching Dai. Ching Dai. Ching Dai. Um, so it's, me in. I mean, dude. Oh, uh, whatever. Like, I got to get it. Well, this is all I'm saying. Make it a movie. Is, well, Dude, Ash this is got a evil dead. No, it's got a real evil dead feel. I was thinking that. Like Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, I mean, come on. You know? If, TV if show. they can Yes, if they can make it a you know a good I mean, Ash versus Evil Dead is better than the movies. It, you know what I mean? Because it, it plays to exactly what you want it to play to, you know? It's way better than the movies. This needs to be a movie with fucking um, the man himself, you know, Kurt Russell. Yeah, and just have John Carpenter oversee the project. I mean, he's. I mean, how old is uh Kurt Russell? Now? Old enough to play that part. I mean, and if he had the opportunity to go back and play that character, oh, he would do th- it. I mean, uh, why would you turn something like that down? You know. Um, I mean, dude, how? I'm interested to read the series. I'll probably pick it up in trade paperback when it comes out just to see what's what what is it about, you know. Well yeah. see and now they know their audience too. Yeah. So if oh, they yeah. redid it, they could play to their audience like Yes. Like Evil Dead. I mean Yeah. Those two um, seasons, man. It's <laughs> it's great. Like how crazy is it? It's fucking it's it's better than the movies. Is everybody caught up on it? Are you caught up on it, Trev? Uh, sadly, I'm not. Oh, dude. Yeah, it's good. I just got, you want me to tell you, say one word that'll make you want to binge watch it when we get through? Sure. Time travel. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Is it what I think it is? What do you what? think it is? Do we go back to Army of Darkness? Mm-hmm. What what's something that if they went and revisited you'd be like, Holy shit, I can't believe they went there. Yeah. Did they go back to the did they go back to the grave grave side of uh when he you know, when he had when he split in half? Dig a little deeper, man. Yeah. What started it all? Yeah. Day one They shit. go back to the cabin. They go back to the cabin, Travis. While he's uh, translating the book. Yeah. They go back wow. to the cabin, Travis, before yeah. like they try to stop it from happening, you know? Yeah. It's and great, dude. You, yeah. You know, remember whenever he talks about uh You see the doctor. The, yeah, putting the wife in the cellar and all that shit. 
Yeah. Like you see what the fuck is happening down yeah. there. And it is fucked up, dude. Yeah. It's amazing. I didn't expect that. No, dude. When I saw that, my fucking brain exploded a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I never thought that they would do that. Yeah, I don't even think they thought they would do it. <laughs> yeah, for whoever real, right? whoever came up with that, like work on the show. He's like, I got a really good idea. I bet the whole room. So was the like, guys, <sighs> so the guy who was translating the the Necronomicon, they go to him. So God. he's the reason why he's dead. I mean, you got to watch. So Ash. Ash goes back in time, back to the cabin where they're translating the Necronomicon and kills the doctor. That's why he's dead, because when they roll up, he's doing all kinds of fucked up stuff. Well, it's a little bit more in-depth than that. but yeah. Oh, I'm sure it's way better than the way I'm putting it, but like... Notice me, senpai. Notice me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it gets, it gets deep, man. Like, they do it, you know? But, it's pretty um, cool, man. Yeah, it's really it's cool, cool to see that cabin again. Yeah, old ass Bruce Campbell. Yeah, doing work, doing work, man. Yeah, that scene where oh, he's banging he that chick in the bathroom and she like turns into a demon. He's like, "Fuck it," and he just keeps going, you know. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's like, "What are you doing?" I was almost done. He's like, "Let me get back in there." <laughs> he goes back up and gets back on it. <laughs> Let me get back in there. Um, so yeah, the, you know, Jack Burton's final ride. I mean, I'm interested. I want to see what that is about, you know, definitely. Um, I got something, I got something else here. That's interesting. It's just a quote from, from the Marky Mark himself. And I'm going to put it in the thing and I want Travis to read or Adam to read it. Oh man. This is all right. Let me set it up. You'll put there, me on the spot. There, yeah, Mark. It's Mark Wahlberg's blunt opinion of his Planet of the Apes movie, right? And um, let's see, Mark Wahlberg. Um, this is, I mean, basically what he said about it. You know, I'm, I'm dropping it right there. It was an amazing experience working with with Tim. See, I can't. Yeah, I think we can no, set the franchise back a little bit. You had a fucking transformer. (laughs) So Mark Wahlberg himself was like, yeah, you know. uh, It wasn't worth it. Yeah. We covered that. It was an amazing experience working with Tim. Yeah. We had a fucking transformer. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, you know. It was a movie. I mean, go back to episode. Um, shit, what episode was that? Oh, uh, episode eight. Damn, that was yeah. early on. Episode eight, and we'll talk at nauseum about how terrible it was. <laughs> pretty much, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a movie. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Michael Clark Duncan. Was like it was the, a movie. Was the best thing in the movie. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. Um all right, so before we get into anything comic book related, I do have some Godzilla 2 news. Oh. It says um Gareth Edwards' relaunch of the Godzilla franchise was also the start of a larger cinematic universe. 
because that's what we do nowadays. The second chapter was Kong Skull Island, which I rewatched the other day, and it was fucking amazing again. He fucked those helicopters up. Um, and it's all building toward a monster mashup of King Kong versus Godzilla. But before we get there, we will have Michael Doherty's Godzilla 2. The sequel doesn't have an official title, not according to Warner Brothers and Legendary Pictures. Uh, though it does have an official plot synopsis. It says the new story follows the heroic efforts of the cryptozoological agency Monarch as its members face off against a battery of God-sized monsters, including Godzilla, who collides with Mothra, Rodan, and his ultimate nemesis, the three-headed King Ghidorah. When these ancient superspecies, though thought to be mere myths rise again they all uh battle for supremacy leaving humanity's very existence hanging in the balance um that's a lot of monsters that's what this says they're adding uh vera farminga who was in the conjuring series and she was in bates motel they're adding her into the godzilla movie along with um ken Tomby and Sally Hawkins, who were in the original film. He was the guy that was like, it's Gojira. You know that guy? Mm-hmm. So, um, Gojira. Yeah. It is Gojira. I mean, Godzilla. Yeah. It's yeah. Gojira. Yeah. Um, says that, uh, principal photography has begun, which is aiming to hit a March 2019 release date. It'll lay the groundwork for a larger movie in this budding monster. So, uh, I'm still excited, man. Oh, absolutely. Let's see. Um, see, Adam Weingard already has signed on the dotted line for Kong versus Godzilla. While there have been rumors of the Pacific Rim franchise also becoming part of the MonsterVerse in time. Let's see how Godzilla 2 does first. So, I mean... We've talked about Pacific Rim and Godzilla mashup before, right? I know we have, but I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast before. Um, would, would you? I'm interested in it. What do you guys think? I would like to see how the dimensional rifts play into the monsters of our world. Like, if it's like if if. I don't know. I just don't see how it could fit. Uh, although I would like to see it. I think I it, like it would. I think it would fit in like a puzzle piece. You know what I mean? Yeah. Puzzle piece, puzzle pie. Mm-hmm. Um, like maybe Skull Island is a place where one of those portals is at right now, and and has been like it's a it's like a primordial one. You know, it's been there since forever. Well, what if? Uh, the skull, what were they called? Skull crawlers or whatever he called them. Yeah, what if they, exactly yeah, what what if they were kaiju? Yeah, what if they were like prototypes? You know what I mean? Or just, yeah, or like an ancient species of, of kaiju that like came through and just got stuck, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, they could be manufacturing those things and sending them through the portal, you know? Yeah. Um, or they could have like... You know, because in Pacific Rim, like, the aliens are creating the kaiju 
like they're 3D printing them and then sending them through, right? Yeah. So what if like their first attempt, they sent the big one through and the the big one had babies, mm-hmm. you know, and, that, and that's kind of what... Well, I mean, they, they 3D printed an egg inside of it or something. Okay. Uh, well, because it's kind of like the queen egg. Mother nature always finds a way. Yeah, yeah. Well, it could be like, you know, just the queen, and it just has hatches yeah, like, these things. Yeah. Mother nature always finds a way. <laughs> Brenda fly. And, <laughs> well, they said that below Skull Island, it was completely hollow. Yeah. Right? So, like, it's not far-fetched to think that, like, underneath all that shit there's a fucking wormhole to the other side yeah you know and then the events of you know skull island and some of the other things could have just caused the island to collapse in on itself and that could have been the portal in pacific rim i mean or what if they could segue to that tie into the next kong movie by uh showing kong go into the uh the hollowed area and actually uh, guard something that's coming through that, uh, you know, have like, a, have like a rift, you know, open up. And it, when it comes out, Kong knows, and he goes and takes care of shit. Like Pacific oh. Rim. And, like, that's why, that's why, I guess that's why they stopped sending them through it there, because Kong always is watching, he's, you know? Yeah, he's keeping them in check. That See, that's something that I would like to see, you know? And then shit gets out of hand. You know, they take Kong away. Or we find out that's how Kong died because they go to answer, a, you know, they see it open up there. They go back to it all these decades later. And, you know, kind of a reference you see. Like, oh, man, I don't know. I guess not. We'll know that I would, I would, con- duh, that would contradict the whole idea of Kong versus Godzilla. But, you know. I guess find that there were more Kongs, kind of like with his parents. Like, you know, they all were kind of like. Well, they could tie it. Well, they could tie it into where, you know, they're they're talking about bringing all these monsters into the Godzilla um, universe. A better better writer than I obviously could fill that gap easily. Well, think about it this way, though. Um, You have the Kaiju portals what if there's multiple portals and these ancient beings like Godzilla and Mothra and Rodan, they're on earth protecting the world from these things, right? Yeah. Every so often one slips through and Godzilla got to show up and, and, you know, well, fuck I mean, the city, save the world. Right. Ain't that, the- that what isn't, well, what if they also, ooh, this is, this just kind of hit me. What if they have it where they engineer a type of Kaiju, well, that's why they've been engineering the kaiju like they are, because they've noticed Godzilla and Kong and seen how they kind of rule their respective lands. So they they build their own little squad of those creatures and send them in. Right. And so Kong, Godzilla, and and the uh, the Jaegers team up to take care of the the you know the big shit that's coming. Apparent, you know, because obviously there will be. I mean, that would be too much for me to handle. You know what I mean? It would be instant, instant orgasm in the movie theater. If I see Godzilla and the Jaeger fight, that would be amazing. If I see Kong and the Jaeger fight, that would be amazing. If I see a three-way well, okay. fight. Yeah, and then they pull their shit together because the other, less, well, not lesser, but say the Godzilla villains, say they finally get, they're the ones getting taken out by the stronger 
kaiju that are finally coming through. Yeah. And not let it be how they all fall to it. Obviously, let Kong and Godzilla do their thing, obviously, and, you know, take out, like, Mothra and all these other ones. But what if they, what if they also finally, like, is it, it would be, it might, it might rewrite some continuity, I guess, but like, I mean, go for broke with something like this, especially with the amount of interest that the comp, you know, the studios are giving this. So have it where like, that's how we get space Godzilla. I mean, I don't, I mean, if they're clever enough, they won't have to contradict anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, they could do space Godzilla by uh, some of you know Godzilla's DNA trickled in there. Maybe that's yeah. how 3D printing first started in the Alien universe. You know what I mean? Like it trickled through, and then it just started building itself. And they're like, "Whoa, what do we have or, here?" Or what? If, or what if they ride it in a way where King Ghidorah is the first kaiju that's been sent through the one of the portals? Ah, oh, see, that's what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Like he's the original kaiju or first one or whatever. He's OG number one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in. Anything that they do, I'm in. You know what I mean? I'm I'm I mean I'm the more that we've the more we're kinda dissecting it, the more plausible it seems how Pacific Rim would fit perfectly in the uh monster universe. Oh yeah. I mean easily, you know? And I, well, I mean and it's all I mean, it's obviously going to be the logical human response to you know this type of story you know oh yeah build giant it robots that can take with it. kill yeah. it with fire attached to a big hand handed robot that can take a uh what did it, what did it take a bus or a uh a uh a piece of a train and use it as like a ball bat on one of them yes that or was a sword amazing. <laughs> yeah What's i like crazy? the line where they I like the line where they where they first are in the Jaegers, and he's like, "When you're in a Jaeger, you you know you can stop the hurricane or some some shit like that." Yeah, well, well the Pacific Rim is just crazy to think about. Where it takes two people to pilot it, and they have to be like, you know, mentally compatible. Yeah, they have to be in sync, <clears throat> like, which is just a crazy thing to even think about. Because like, if we three got in a Jaeger, how long would it? be before it just imploded you know what i mean not very long <laughs> i mean i think we were oh, right for well, a here, well, here, here's the, i mean here's the way I, I genuinely would see it i think you and adam would link up you know the kinks would get worked out and then y'all be level then i would link up into the drift and then it all turned to shit yeah we no what would happen this is a fucking skit we would all get in there and we all get linked up and everything. And you know, like whatever you think about that's not having to do with what's going on, the, everybody can see it kind of, you know what I mean? Which is weird. Yeah. But think about it. We're in there and one of us starts thinking about some shit and we're like, fucking cut it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Stop, stop fucking doing that. Quit thinking about that. Cause dude, I would be fucking with y'all like crazy. You know what I mean? One of the, one, one of the fists would be perpetually spinning. For whatever reason. <laughs> look, just look at it spin, guys. Stop. We're trying to save the world. Um, if we were all three a pilot and a Jaeger, and like one person controlled the legs, right? One person controlled the arms, and the other person, like, I don't know, controlled like the third leg. You know, because that one that had three legs and three arms, you know what I mean? 
Yeah. Like, I would think. Who's walking us? That's the question. Who's I driving could, this? I, I think I could drive it. Travis in the trucker seat. Are you all hands at him? Uh, <laughs> are you gonna let Travis drive? <laughs> That's checks the in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, I would, I'd be interested. You know, why not? Um, well, I think, I think going back to my original <laughs> statement, I would link up. It would fuck everything up simply because. Those Jaegers are controlled by, you know, it's it's split right down the middle. One's one side, one's the other. Like left brain, right brain. Right. So. We can work the kinks out. I'd have to, I, I, I would have to get in the, the, the other Jaeger and last a very short amount of time. Just enough to give like the, the side hit so y'all could finish it off and then die like Idris Elba did. Ah, come on, Trav. You got this. You're driving us, remember? <laughs> we need the legs. Um, so, uh, what about this theory that you have, Trav? Uh, what? This theory. Oh, it's, not, it's it's not my theory. It's more <laughs> so like I just I think I can back it. You know, I right, found well, an article. Well, found it was an article that had. I'm not going to go into all of them, but it was just uh, different. Um, the article's on comicbookreader.com, I think. I don't know if that's the right website. Oops, if not. But uh, but anyways, it's it was just these different... It, it was one of those lists that you see all the time. Uh, and it was like... Yeah. And, and dude, I took the bait. <laughs> but anyways... <laughs> so, uh, I'm reading it. It's these different um, theories for the Justice League universe. And one of the theories is that... Uh, the Amazonians as well as the Atlanteans are actually going are act, are possibly Kryptonians, ancient Kryptonians that have, that have, that survived on earth. And I went, I went back the other day and watched man of steel. And if you remember when Superman first finds what would be this fortress of solitude in this universe, um, he finds the ship, and when it cuts to Lois getting there with the scientists, the scientists point out that the ship's been down there for 20,000 years. Right. And throughout the film, you know, through Zod as well as Jor-El explaining to Clark that uh, back in Krypton's heyday, they sent out millions of ships to colonize other worlds. Um, one of these ships, will, you know, landed on Earth, obviously. And, 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 and there's like a brief moment where Clark is exploring it. And he st- he comes up on one of the the pods that the passengers would be in. One's obviously dead. Well, off in the distance, one is open. Right. Meaning that someone got out and and possibly could have gotten out and went on. So I just feel like that theory, you know, uh, it it th- there's enough in the the cinematic that's already there's enough stuff that's already established that I feel like they could they could keep that theory going and they could actually you know. That would make, you know, it can make a, it have things make a lot of sense. Like uh, another theory that was on the list that ca- that kind of falls in line with it is that what if what if Lois Lane is slightly telepathic? Like what if she has somewhere in her bloodline a Kryptonian ancestor that 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 got out of that ship? And 
because because think of it like it would make sense as to why she immediately knew about the spear in Batman versus Superman, right? Without having really any prior knowledge about it, other than seeing Batman wield it, <laughs> right? Well, I always thought that that other pod was uh, Supergirl. I thought about I thought about that as well, but I feel like it would be it would make sense how the Atlanteans exist and, and, and it would, it would kind of tie in the whole ancient alien thing too, you know, like make it to where, you know, it would be able to create it to where that they have like a neat little nod to the, you know, that, and, you know, cause you know, the movie has all these different metaphors and stuff, but, uh, it could tie something like that in and it would explain how, you know, Aquaman can get out of the water and fly 50 feet, you know, from what we've seen of him in justice league. Right. Uh, and it would also be a really cool way of kind of bringing Krypton back, but not like it, it you know, that, that somehow one of the ships did succeed in preserving. Right. And um, just through and through all the centuries, that's how they evolve into these societies. You know, they yeah. don't really know. They don't really know where they came from. It's not like they have some, you know, like perhaps they worship something that's a, a relic from that ship. They just they've forgotten what it is throughout the centuries, you know. Right. Um, I could see that. I don't think they'll go that deep on it, though. I think that'll be too much because, like, it would be cool if that did happen and they presented it that way. But at the same time, I feel like DC wants to try to get away from the bad taste that Man of Steel and Superman versus Batman left in a lot of people, not my mouth, but a lot of people's mouth. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I but feel did, like. But did you see where they said that uh, Justice League might give, finally give people the Superman that you and I have, you know, uh, agreed is probably what's going to get built up to is yeah. the whole, you know, the Superman where no one dies in the process. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, my thing's always been like when mana still happens, that's day one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's day one Superman. Like, let's take a look at day one Spider-Man in Civil War. You know, I know his character is written to be in some way kind of a screw-up. I get that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, well, but it's day one Superman. Like, you know, if he just showed up and was like the Superman that everybody knows and loves, wouldn't that be kind of far-fetched if you're trying to ground everything in reality you know what i'm yeah. saying that's why that yeah. that's why they made uh batman so old you know because like he's a badass because he's been doing it for so long you know yeah so but my thing is is i you know i kind of feel like it, for some reason you know everybody a lot of people didn't like it but they're going to try to distance themselves from the Kryptonian ancestry in a lot of ways and just kind of, because there's a lot of stuff that happened in man of steel and Superman versus Batman that you can like put little pinpoints in the swap board and be like, Oh, this, you know, like this could branch out like the theories that you're talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think Warner brothers is going to be ballsy enough to go that far with it. You know? Yeah. And, and and which which leads to the next the next and I guess the last one I'll bother going into because they're all worth reading into and I suggest you look them up eventually. 
but um, it was a theory of a way to um, merge their successful TV shows, like the Arrowverse is what it's called, where it's Arrow, The Flash, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow. Um, I might be forgetting another one. I don't know. But anyways, um, have it have it to where instead of the end game of the Justice League being dark side and what have you, have it go more Infinity Gauntlet level where everything's kind of at stake, but go the route that DC Comics went and have a crisis where you have all these various versions of the Flash. Like It, it makes it to where the Flash from the show and the Flash from the Justice League from the cinematic universe, they can exist for a brief moment. Right. And actually have everyone pull together from the show and the movies to to stop whatever big bad's going on. I mean, and if they and if they did that, that would make the Flash TV show be the most critical point of the DC cinematic universe. I think. Yeah, I I mean to be honest, between us and the people listening, <laughs> I guess you. I don't understand why they want to split it so bad. You know, I don't either. I mean, you don't, I mean, Marvel isn't splitting their properties and I I understand you can't, it's apples to oranges, you know, (laughs) about money in the end, right? Well, but why would you have like two separate universes, which in flash there's multiverses. I mean, I I understand that, but I think it would be cheaper to get the dude that plays flash to be in a, big summer blockbuster than to pay the new guy to be flash. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's just me thinking. Well, I mean, about it. Well, I mean it, well, it's, it, it, it falls under those long old, I wish it would have happened type of things where I really wish that the dark Knight trilogy tied into all of this. Um, yeah, but I think it was going to. I have a theory about that, but I don't want do to get into it. it. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Like, I'm taking the bait. Do, do you think that somehow in a convoluted way, I guess, that the, that the Batfleck could be the, the Christian Bell Batman? I mean, now, once again, this goes back to that list. There's a, there's a theory that Batman that we've seen in Batman versus Superman, which it takes, it's going to, it's, it, it takes a lot of, of uh you're gonna have to bend backwards on this one i guess Uh but the bruce wayne that we see in batman versus superman is actually slade wilson uh and we're actually seeing this iteration of batman where he where you know slade wilson takes over for a little bit yeah i'm not i don't really you know (laughs) i don't know about that you know what i mean yeah I mean, I can see where that's a theory and everything, but like my, what I think was that Nolan set up for the current DC universe and Heath Ledger's Joker was the focal point for that in a big way. And whenever he passed, then it kind of all went downhill from there. You know what I mean? Because he, he set up, if you take if you take Dark Knight Rises and the idea of that and you applied everything from the Dark Knight and everything that was going on in Man of Steel and what Batman v Superman could have became, you can see where there was a graph 
and it hit certain spots on it, but it's all over the place. You know what I mean? Because no one had a lot, no one had a lot to do with that Man of Steel film. You know? Yeah. And I, I really think that um, that would have been his that he was going to backdoor Superman kind of into Dark Knight Rises if Heath Ledger. Because, I mean, really, if you think about it, there's a lot of stuff that they pull from Dark Knight Rises that was in uh, Frank Miller's uh, Dark Knight Returns. You know what I mean? Whenever you get down to the nitty-gritty of it. So. This is true. That's what that's always been my theory. And The Dark Knight Rises is a different podcast for a different day because I feel uh, very differently than a lot of people about that movie, you know? I don't dislike it, but it's not my favorite. And there's a lot of reasons why, but I really do think that he was going to set up the DC universe. And then whenever Heath Ledger and all that stuff, and they had to do that huge rewrite on the script that they just had to trash that idea. And they let man of steel kind of take over and be the start of the universe. And Christian Bell's like, screw it, you know, but that's just my take on the situation. I can go. I'll go in depth on it more if we do those Nolan Batman movies. You know, I'll write a fucking report, bring it in. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, because there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of things that that Dark Knight Rises where you can see where they went back when they did the rewrites that should have been parts for the Joker that could have built yeah. up to something more. You know. Yeah. So, but um, you want to hit one more thing before we sign out? Yeah. What you got? Sure. Um, it says here that uh, according to Amy Pascal, that Venom is going to be a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Hmm. This is Amy Pascal is the homecoming Spider-Man homecoming producer. It says, uh, Kevin Feige recently stated that there are no plans for Venom in the MCU. Sony's Amy Pascal now claims that the character does exist within Marvel's shared movie universe after all. Says, um, you, I hate to be that guy. Did you say Feige? Yeah. Is that how his name's pronounced? Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was Feige. Hmm. <laughs> Kevin Feige. Feige. Does it spell like... Like no, like siege, but with an F. I only yeah. know that because I've heard people say it. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people say it. Um, Good to know. In yeah. the v- video interview, Pascal uh, very clearly states that Venom exists in the same universe as Spider-Man: Homecoming. Um, and then there is a tweet here. Um, I'm gonna have to comb back through it and find it. But um, it says, to be fair, uh, Foggy never actually definitively stated that Venom wasn't part of the MCU. He simply said that the studio had no plans for the character at the moment. On the other hand, the Marvel chief does look a little surprised by Pascal's comments in the video. Now, um, is, is Venom part of Spider-Man? Yes. Okay. I mean, is that character, that's not a standalone character? That's part of, like, when you buy well, the rights branch- to Spider-Man, you get that, too? It, well, well, 
yes and no, but it, it, the, the comic character started in Spider-Man, but it branched out into its own. He gained enough popularity to But does Sony own it? Yes. Okay. Yes. I feel like maybe he was part of the deal. I feel like Disney needs to hack the money up <laughs> and get it get it all back. I would love to see a proper a properly done symbiote storyline. As long as Spider-Man Sony is still around, I mean, they'll keep it. I mean, I don't. I haven't. I haven't caught up. I haven't been too caught up on Spider Man recently. I think the furthest I got was like all the way up to Toxin. I don't know if there's been any more since him. Yeah, but. A, a, a series of films dealing with Venom, Carnage. Man, Carnage could get his own trilogy, probably. But well, well here's what I think is going to happen. This is my two cents in the bucket. Griffin's two I, cents. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. Um, I believe that Marvel, Disney is going to oversee the Venom standalone. I think that Sony is going to kind of do it their own way, right? That way, um, I don't think I don't think Disney's going to put their foot in there too much, because think about it: if it's a great success and it's incredible, then Marvel may already have it in place to where they can kind of pivot him into the Marvel Cinematic Universe as it is. On the other if hand, only, if only if only if they you know they could pull it. They they could pull um, they could bring it down to just a cameo like have um, you know like have one of those Easter eggs because you know if with Venom being a hard R film you know a, a lot of you know keeping with Walt Disney's family friendly idea of the Marvel Cinematic Universe um, they could have it to where you know hell the opening the opening shot of a Spider Man movie having it worse Spider Man's dealing with Venom that way we don't get too much of the R rated you know, aspect of Venom, but enough to where it shows Spider-Man having dealt with him, you know? Well, that kind of leads into my second part of this. So if Sony does and it does great, then they can pivot him into the universe. If Sony does it and it crashes and burns like Fantastic Four, Mm. then they can, they can distance themselves away from it enough to where yeah. they can re- recast and reshoot any Venom they want. Not our fault. Like, yeah, that wasn't part of our universe. That's a standalone thing. It's so a win-win. Exactly. That's the thing. If they're going to make it a hard R like they've been talking about, it's a win-win because if it does great, then they can – I mean, they can bring Venom and a character like that, and even Carnage, into a PG-13 movie easily if they do it right. You know what I mean? Right. Well, I mean, Heath Ledger's Joker is a perfect template for Marvel's Carnage if they wanted to do it and add a more fantastic, you know, considering Carnage is a more fantastical character. Right. You know? But, but But they're so similar in nature that, yes, they could, they could push... The, th- the PG, the PG-13 rating pretty far with a character like Carnage, they would be able to do so. Oh, yeah. I mean, they could just have him act crazy, and they don't have to show any deaths on screen. You know what I'm saying? They right. can allude to it easily. You know, like, if they did, if they decided that they wanted to do the Maximum Carnage storyline, and yeah, they wanted to... Cletus, yeah, just have it where, just show Cletus completely slaughtering everyone in that prison when he breaks out. Well, they, they don't have to show that. They can just allude to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, 
And that would still keep in tone with the rest of the, because think about it. How many people died in age of Ultron? Let's be real. You know, how many people died in guardians of the galaxy? Like, I'm pretty sure that they're not afraid to kill people on camera. Like it's the, it's the, it's just certain, you know, I guess the the way they die. Yeah. What they show, like, you know, so they don't have to go balls to the wall with it if they wanted to do a PG-13. But now, with with that being said, they could still technically do a storyline like that with Sony. To me, it, it feels like if they play their cards right and if they have everything that I think they have, they can have Sony kind of be like their um, – Yeah. Their um, um, – Their way to make rated R movies? Yes, the their extension of the company. Well, who who did uh, Deadpool? Fox. Oh, okay. It seems yeah. like since Deadpool, all these companies now are like, we're going to make a rated R comic book movie, but well, it I was mean, they, but they, it they was it was also a comedy. Deadpool was oh, funny, true. you know. Well, Logan it's, was an R. Yeah, but it's fucking it's it's X Men, you know. that's gonna make bank no matter what like that movie would have made the same amount of money if it was pg-13 guaranteed same amount man it would have been you know just been some stuff kind of you know you just have to use your imagination yeah it was brutal though that first scene where he fucks those dudes up was brute like but (laughs) that deadpool movie's funny and, and i don't think that uh what was what's the you said carnage or was yeah. it? Yeah. It's not a not a not a comedy at all, is it? Like, I mean, they would, well, they, they they would have to make Carnage like very frightening. Like, that like, was his, hilarious. And his, and his and his like because his like I don't know. It, it's just my the way I, I would depict Carnage would be very like as you see him, it would be like his symbiote suit would be like a creep spread while he wherever he was at, it would just be slow moving and it would just be very. You know, he could just send a tendril out at you at any second, you know? Right. Um, and, and just like the, it would have to take a pretty good actor too, to be carnage. Cause I would really, I would really like to see the, uh, the, not really the internal struggle, but more like the internal agreement between Cassidy and carnage, you know, Tom Hardy. Um, no, James McAvoy split. Okay. <laughs> she is <Yeah>. pure <laughs> because uh, oh man because the well, that, that's what I, that's what I, that, that's what I liked about the symbiotes was seeing the mental uh the you know the the personality of the symbiote <laughs> and the host you know how they would interact yeah uh i'm interested to see how they're going to do that it'll probably be a visual representation instead of an inner because it would probably be the the Eddie Brock talking to the symbiote. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Carnage like, seems like more of a, a grown-up character anyway. Yeah. Not really oh, for kids. Like, no. Oh, no, he's he's very like, – he's one of the few Marvel villains that just kills on impulse. Oh, is he? So, yeah, okay. But so a villain's going to get a movie. Yeah. Like killing, like like complete uh, indiscriminate killing. That's pretty much what Maximum Carnage was most of the time. Yeah. 
which I'm interested. You know, I mean, I would be interested to see that because you could kind of tie that into a more of a detective side of Spider-Man in a way, you know? Yeah, Spider-Man just like just trying to find out what Carnage is and stuff and just kind of blend the whole Carnage storyline into a film where, you know, you know, say we've already had a film where Venom's established and then, you know, have the Easter egg that shows that he's, you know, he he laid a symbiote, you know? Yes, symbiote. He drops a deuce. Yeah. He, well, he yeah, like shits we'll, we'll out say, a symbiote. Yeah. They, yeah, they, they reproduce. You forget they about the symbiote. Yeah. And, like, and what's crazy <laughs> is how each, each, each symbiote is supposed to be, like, more unstable <laughs> than the one before it. So if you think of how crazy Venom is, Carnage is worse, and then Toxin is just only reason he's not as just balls to the wall crazy is because he happened to fall on the host that was like a cop and all that stuff. More anti-hero level than just batshit deadly villain. Yeah. Well, I, that's what I, that's that's how I feel that uh, Marvel is going to tackle the whole. And I think, you know, Amy uh, Pascal coming out and being like, oh, yeah, it is. And, I, you know, Kevin Feige's like, eh, maybe. I think that they're going to hold off and see they how it does. probably didn't want to release that. No, because, like I said, if it does good, then they're going to be like, yeah, we, this was our, this yeah, was our thing. they want to take credit for well, it. You don't, well, you don't want to, you don't want to show all the cards in your hand. Oh, yeah, and, for sure. And especially with so much Marvel property. You know, if too much, you know, if too much is thrown out on the table, then the expectation meter gets so overwhelmed that I don't think a good movie would be produced, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, so, if the, the, since they've already. Some, came, go ahead. I was I was just going to say that, like, they. I don't know. I've forgotten, man. I'm sorry. Um. Well, they've already came out and said that. Um. You know, that the. um it's going to be a hard art and it's going to be kind of like a horror film. And you know, that that's kind of the, the tone that they're going to set with it, which is going to be a complete changer from what Marvel's doing on their side. Um, I think that alone is going to get people to go see it. If, if Tom Hardy's attached to it, then that's going to get even more people to go see it. You know, I don't really know if um, the fact that it's included into the Marvel universe is a good thing. In my opinion, you know, because like people are going to go in with that expectation of like popcorn fun. If it's going to be yeah. a horror movie, it's going to be a complete 180 from what they're expecting. And that could end the long be great. Well, yeah, but in the long run, that could hurt it too, though. You know, well, they got to market true. it that way. Like, yeah, I mean, they need to be real well, clear well, in the I mean, trailer about what's going on. Well, yeah. Well in, well, in a way, you know, a lot of these films, you know, they're building up in the cinematic form um, the same thing you experienced, you know, especially when you read the older comics, you know, um, there's the, you know, the whole thing where you'll see a panel and then an asterisk by what they're saying. And then it's like, see issue, blah, 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 of so-and-so. So you can go back and get the fill in on that. And, you know, in a lot of these movies, like for instance, with Logan, Eventually, you know, a lot of the the kids that can't see that particular X-Men film, you know, later on down the road, they're feeling some nostalgia. They finally watch Logan and they're like, oh, OK, so that's that's what happens. That's his ending. Right. 
and and yeah, it kind of contradicts the here and now aspect of of watching a movie as it's released. But when you look at the longevity of movies and how they last a long, you know, they're around forever. I mean, look at our look at our catalog of what we've been doing. You know, yeah. So I mean, it's it, it's it's a really I don't know. I, I I feel like it's a more positive perspective of of, of being able to have hard art superhero films alongside the more family friendly, you know, parental, I guess more, more of the parental ex parentally accessible, right. uh, you know, hero films. Sir. Well, I'm interested either way. Um, it's not going to hurt my dick any, if it's going to be part of it or not, cause I'm still going to check it out. Of I'm course. Just, yeah, I mean, I'm just interested. I mean, um, you know, he wasn't my favorite Spider-Man villain. He's one of my favorites, but he's not my favorite, you know. But I'm not really sure how oh, a standalone's yeah. going to hold up. You know, oh, yeah, it's you're, just, you're, I mean, who is a villain going to fight? Villain, Spider-Man. So it's a Spider-Man movie. I don't think that. The, I don't. I, I mean, mean, you I don't see think what I'm saying? Gonna, like, yeah, who's he going to fight? Right. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I mean, then it's a well, Spider-Man with movie. It, well, with it with it being a horror film, I mean, I would hate for it to be this way particularly, but I mean, with with Venom, they could go the route of, of uh they could just completely copy and paste the Wolfman, the werewolf uh the typical werewolf out, uh, plot line, you know. Eddie Brock, he gets the symbiote. He's trying to live a normal life. He's got a bit of a temperament, you know, and he starts fighting with the symbiote, and then he succumbs to it. He harnesses its power. And, you know, and you just, and, and with it being a horror film, it's just have it end on a downer. Like, he becomes Venom. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Okay, so he's fighting it. Like he's all, fighting Venom. It's all an internal struggle. Yeah, that would That'd work. Be cool. Yeah, I'd watch that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he just he just full blown just at the end. You know, it's that final struggle, and you think there's that that leverage. You know, that that little bit of a. Uh, nah, he's gonna lose. You know, that little mm-hmm. bit of hope, and then at the end, you just see him go full Vader. Well, something's gonna happen, and it's gonna have cause him to kind of seek. Uh, the symbiote out. He, you know, the symbiote's attached to him, but he's going to seek it out to help him in a situation. Then they're going to have to come to him, uh, uh, some kind of an understanding. You know that, and that's that's kind of what I'm which afraid of. Build, which could build. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm running with this werewolf idea. <laughs> it would be it would be awesome to see because you guys know that American Werewolf in London has the most badass transformation sequence of any werewolf film out there. What if we have that, that, that moment where he becomes Venom for the first time and we just have this amazing shot of the symbiote just morphing, you know, just taking over him. Yes. I would we get, that. you know, we get the detached jawline that just opens out into this massive mm. evil looking like tongue and like the teeth and just he's full blown like nothing like that shitty depiction in Spider-Man 30. Oh my but like God. an actual an actual terrifying like rendition of Venom. Yes. Yeah. 
I'm just afraid that if they go about it in the horror way, that they're gonna have they're gonna have whatever villain or whatever whatever he's against is gonna be too too big. You know what I mean? It needs mm-hmm. to be kind of low key. You know, like low key. Well, I feel like that. I feel like that's why <laughs> oh I need. That, that, I feel like that's why it needs to be him, and they need to just make him be crazy. Yeah, and that would like, work. I like could I could see that. Almost, like he's fighting. Well, like a almost like a shining type thing yeah. where, you know, you you, you depict Eddie Brock as you know he's he's just doing the right thing, just getting the shot. Things blah, taking blah, blah. him over. No, yeah, no. This motherfucker's been crazy the whole goddamn time. He just got the perfect platform. <laughs> Speak. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I mean, congratulations on winning, Trav, because you got to pick four movies. You know. Um, <laughs> not gonna happen next time. <laughs> Adam's been That's all studying. I'm <laughs> I've got a SWAT board and everything. Yeah, cue cards. Well, well, may the best man win. Yeah. <laughs> well, c- congratulations. Don't forget and... to send Putin a thank you card. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Oh, oh, the checks in the mail. We can't do that yet. <laughs> we got to pick the movie for next week. Is it your turn? I I can go or you can go. I think it is your turn. All right. I think well, I picked the last one before we went into this. I can't remember. Wasn't it go Logan? Back. Yeah. You... Yeah, I picked it. Yeah. Because I got nothing. <laughs> well, I got one for us. Uh, we've been watching a lot of comedies, right? Uh huh. A lot, a lot of feel goods. Oh no! Uh, I want to watch something that's a little bit more um, out Ford? there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a movie book. Oh, yeah, it's something. It was my first pick when we did the shuffle. I've never seen this before. It's a French film. City of Lost Children. Have you seen it, Travis? No, I haven't. The trailer looks crazy. It's got Ron Perlman in it. Well, I've seen the trailer. I know about the film, but I've never watched it. Well, you got to. Yeah, it's. Uh, I've just. I've always thought the cover. I've always thought the the poster for it looked like looked like the cover of a Sepultura album. Yeah. <laughs> Rhodes or a Tool album. Yeah. <laughs> um. I watched this when I was young and it's, it's always one of those movies where I'm like, you know, people bring up movies. It's like crazy. You know, when they bring up Memento, Donnie Darko, and I'm like, have you seen city of lost children? And they're like, huh? Yeah. And I'm like dark city. And they're like, huh? huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like, never mind. Yeah. Get out of know. my house. Yeah. I got it. You want to read it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it's it's I haven't watched it in a long time because I don't have a copy of it you per se. Now. Yeah, um, it's dubbed because I don't like yeah. movies with subtitles. Subtitles. So yeah, we're going to uh, watch our second foreign film. Uh, it's going to be dubbed like the first one, thank God, and um, <laughs> that will be what we would discuss next week on the real estate podcast, uh, hit us up on the Twitters and, um, 
right? Subscribe. Us. Yes. Uh, judge us with take the almighty poll. hammer. Yeah. You take a cane. Yes. Uh, let us know what you think about Jay and Bob. If you like Kevin Smith, if you don't, I don't know. I don't know. People. I hope there's someone out there that didn't know about it. And now yeah. they do. And they thank us forever. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping. Every time you know? they watch it, they think about us. Yeah. They're like these, these three fucking Southern guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I think that about. I got one more thing up. I want to say. All right. Fuck Corey White. <laughs> <laughs> well, Corey White, your check is in the mail. Yeah. It's post dated, though. Don't cash it until. Yeah. Wait like three uh, weeks. Yeah, I wrote a it'll, note in it'll there. It'll bounce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <right. shit> <laughs> <laughs> that's I would really like to hear what he has to say about some of this shit. I wonder if uh, you've seen. Well, he's, he, I feel like there's a lot of movies he hasn't watched. Yeah, well, that's a different. You know, we need to get him on and be like, "That's a whole other podcast." <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. No, that's what we need to do. If we can get Corey White on on top of this shit with us, you know, uh-huh. just 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 a oh. Like a, I don't know, a two minute Corey White review. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. Just to see, because he'll two be like, minutes. It was <laughs> yeah, just, good. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> well, you know, he'll be like, um, well, uh, yeah, and then that'll be the end of the recording. It'll be great, you know. Um, still want to do that lucky number slaving shit. But, you know, fuck them. Checks in the mail. <laughs>